0: If it has a special this morning.
1: I'm passing through This is just a stop On the way to where I'm going I'm not She's looking for a job, looking for a way out. Because a halfway house will never be a home. At night, she whispers to. It's our temporary home. It's not where we belong. Windows and rooms that we're passing through. This is just a stop on the way to where we're going. I'm not afraid because I know this is our. My temporary home it's nowhere I belong windows and rooms that I'm passing through this is just a stop on the way to where I'm going I'm not afraid because I know this is my temporary Temporary
0: home If you've uh, not rented or saw the movie October Baby It is well worth uh, watching and getting I don't do that often But uh, recommend a show like that is an uh, unbelievable Christian perspective on uh, preservation of life. And an uh, unbelievable show. Head to Luke chapter 13. In <clears throat> my Bible, if you have a rivalry, it will be on the same page. Notice there's a uh, Luke thirteen ten through 17. And then there's a Luke fourteen one through 6. They're so right next to each other. So depending on how your Bible is laid out, uh, they might be just one page difference. But uh, as we read God's Word together, would you please stand for the reading of His Word. In Luke 13, verse 10, the Word of God says, And He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity eighteen years and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said unto her, Woman, thou art loose from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because that Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day. Now skip over to chapter 14, verse 1. And it came to pass, as he went into the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day, that they watched him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this opportunity this morning to look to your word Help us to see what your Holy Spirit tells us and shows us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, as in a, There's the title for the message, if you notice that, is an old axiom uh, by which, or uh, really a saying, more or less, uh, that people have used over the years, can't see the forest for the trees. Can't see the forest for the trees. In other words, uh, you're missing the bigger picture. You're looking at a at a tree. You're looking at something, and maybe you're looking at it in a negative light. And uh, the uh, you can't enjoy the beauty of the forest because you say, "Well, the trees are in the way." And as I studied this week and looked at this message, I came up with four things that. Often happen to us when we let things in life come between us and the Lord. These four things will happen number one, when you when we see problems instead of people when Number two, when we see a burden and we don't see the blessing, whenever you see sin. But you don't see a sinner in need of a Savior. And then finally, when we worry and we don't ever worship. When we worry and don't ever... See what I mean? A lot of times we get our eyes on a thing, a person, a situation, and we miss the blessing. We can't see the forest for the trees. And we're going to look at some Scripture. matter of fact, head to... And we see this into... Romans, now keep your Bible marker or whatever right here because we need to pull some things out of here. And, uh, so Romans chapter 2, uh, of course, Paul writing to some Jews who were over there and they were a little caught up in themselves thinking that they were maybe better than somebody else or, or they were, uh, didn't need to be reprimanded because of sin or some but you know the bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of god and we think because we're raised as a Jew or whatever you know i i get tickled in in uh a lot of times and and i have uh, as a pastor you're an easy target for for a uh, criticism most of the time it'll be criticism that's just petty and people Mainly growing up in country churches and in country environments, people like to pick on you. Well, that's and a lot of times. Have you ever met somebody who loved to pick, but if you pick back, they couldn't handle it. <laughs> There's, you know that just you know they're like, man, come on. You know, I mean, people pick and you pick. Well, then, oh, what are you you're being mean? <laughs> well, what? Because you just said the same thing to me. I've had everything from you know, and a matter of fact, I happened recently, twice, even yesterday, and uh, I can get picked on because of the way I I comb my hair. <laughs> Imagine that. And uh, so sometimes I've, I've shaved my head off, my hair off, not my head, and uh, shaved my hair off. Uh, sometimes I wear it sticking up. Sometimes I wear it, there's no hair there, laying down, doesn't matter, and I guarantee you only half the people like it. And uh <laughs> And where'd your hair go? Now you have too much hair. Well, who cares what my hair looks like? You know, I've been picked out about my glasses. Well, you know, I like your glasses. I don't like your glasses. Your glasses are ugly. And uh, everything, I've been, uh, cannot believe that a preacher would wear shorts in public. You know, that is just, you have just, the, I had a lady meet me in the foyer one time. Literally, I'm not lying. I had, matter of fact, there was three of them. And said, the glory of God had departed the church. Because you played volleyball in shorts, okay, and uh so you know just everything so it could it could be anything easy target, but the thing is at least I'm in good company number one, none of the things that I did, obviously and now, if you sin now, if I sin, obviously I deserve criticism, okay Jesus did the same thing. let me ask you this did and and I'm not comparing now all of us myself to jesus but all of us need to follow his example just like these young people and what were they doing they were following me around the room and whatnot why now you know and then once they figured the how to how it worked they all started answering in unison why are y'all following me you told us to you know why are you waving at them because you told us to and we look in god's word why do we do what we do Because he told us to. And in Romans chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 2, and uh, verse 1, it says, Thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest dost the same thing. And if you want to, uh, basically, let's put this in. Uh, I don't know what version Bible you're reading out of, King James or whatever. But let's put this in country vernacular. Let's substitute the word for judge to talking about others. Because did you know basically in, in practice that's what it is? So, therefore thou art inexcusable, man or woman, whosoever thou art that talkest about others. For wherein thou talkest about another, you're condemning yourself. For thou that talk about others do you doing the same thing, and so that's basically what that is in matter of fact, if you stay there, skip down to verse seventeen now he was writing to people now number one this this message I want to go ahead and say this, and uh you think because you always need to know. You know where Jesus was coming from on his sermons. You know, where's Brother Michael coming from? That is, I, I always have to, matter of fact, this week in my office, I just, I broke down in tears. Uh, and I love it when the sermon preaches me first. When the sermon preaches me first. You know, because I have judged. Have you ever made an opinion about somebody before you got to know them? Have you ever have you ever made an opinion about somebody based on the way they looked before you got to know them? So guess what? I've judged. I've judged. I've I've said things about other people that I shouldn't have. Basically, we all have, because that's what this is saying. Now these Jews, as we were looking at this passage here, especially as you man Paul you know, he was very bold. Now, his boldness got him in trouble. Paul's boldness, and oh, oh, let's go ahead and go to Jesus, the most bold of all. His boldness got him in trouble. Now, as I lay the foundation here, we, what we're going to see is, as we talk about this, we have a foundation of, man, I've, I've sometimes I've messed up and said things or done things that I shouldn't have. And basically, I need to look at, As I as I go back to Luke 13 and Luke 14, here's what I'm going to ask you. I think it's even in I put it in the outline, and that is this: in the story, which one are we? In the story, which one are we? But let's not get away from Luke. I mean, excuse me, Romans 2:17. Romans 2:17. What does it say? I've got to move fast. Behold. You're, you're called a Jew. Now I'm going to hit each of these verse. Follow me with your finger. Keep it on verse 17. In other words, you think you're something because you've got the law and your boast is in God. You see that? And matter of fact, verse 18 says, man, you think you know, you even know his will. All right. Because you've been instructed out of the law. Verse 19, matter matter of fact, you're confident. Because you're so confident that you're a guide of people that are blind. And you say you know things because everybody else is walking around in the dark. You see that in verse 19? Man, that's, that's bold. Matter of fact, verse 20, Paul's writing to these confident Jews who say they know something. And what does verse 20 say? Matter of fact, you say you're an instructor of foolish people and a teacher of babes. And you have the form of knowledge and the truth and the law. Thou therefore which teachest another, you don't even, do you apply it to yourself? Verse 21? Because you preach that a man should not steal. Have we not stole? You can steal by talking. You can steal somebody's reputation. You can steal somebody's character. Well, not really character because character is who they are no matter what. Character is what you are when nobody's around. Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery verse twenty two but do you commit adultery? Men can do this just by committing it in their heart. You say that thou abortest idols don't dost thou commit sacrilege? They worship a book over the the book writer. the book is the Bible. you can worship a Bible over the God in the Bible. thou makest thy boast of the law, thou breakest the dis- The law dishonors thou God? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentile through you. Man, I'd hate for that to be said about me. That you are a stumbling block for others. Alright, let's head back to Luke 13 and Luke 14. If you're there, when you see problems over the people, basically, I want you to go back to Luke 13, verse 14. Look at that real quick. I mean, imagine this, Um, I I remember one time, uh, we had, uh, that my last church, we had a trailer park that was not far from the church, and there were, it was, a a, a lot of us would say, man, that, and it was very, it was a very run down, run down trailer park, and so there were a lot of people that were very, we'd say, man, they're just, hmm, they're questionable characters. And uh, and they would a lot, of, a lot of times we'd get them to come to church, but because some people would treat them as lower class, we never could get them to come back. And uh, and that's 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 a shame. You overlook, you know, we see a problem instead of a potential person coming to know Jesus, you know, and, and uh, so on and so forth. That's what happened in the story. In the story. In the synagogue, and a ruler of the synagogue was, you know, a synagogue was a Jewish place of worship when they couldn't go to the temple. And the ruler of the synagogue, basically, the, we would, it's not the same, but it's similar to the pastor of the church. And they're a Jew. And they're in charge of this place of worship in a synagogue. Now, this here ruler of the synagogue was very self-righteous and above everybody else. And matter of fact, when Jesus healed this woman and she got up, she said, matter of fact, what does it say? What does it say when she got uh, healed in verse 13? She glorified God. Man, she's on fire. She said, well, thank you, Jesus. She's excited. And the ruler of the synagogue doesn't even see it. Somebody just got, basically, you could say this, somebody came to church and their life has been changed and transformed and some, do you see what they're wearing? I know those people. I know who they're akin to. I just don't like those people. Or this, that's what's happening here because the ruler of the synagogue said, what does it say in the Bible? It says, with what great indignation. This, this crazy, this woman just got healed and this person's all they can see is what? He did something He shouldn't do on a Sabbath day. That's crazy! And a matter of fact, that's what Jesus says. He says, if you keep reading, I didn't read it whenever y'all were standing up. He looks at Him, thou hypocrite! Look at verse 15. Man, you're a hypocrite! How can you miss this Blessing! Even you who own, a, if you have an animal, if you have an ox or an ass, and you take them out to eat and to drink, you feed your animals. I remember we had to feed, you know, ask anybody who's ever owned a dairy. Uh, well, can't uh, milk the cows because uh, it's uh, Sunday. By the way, Sabbath was Saturday. We worship on Sunday, not the Sabbath. Sabbath was the seventh day of the week. We worship on the first day of the week. Why? That's when Jesus was resurrected. He, was, he rose from the grave on the first day of the week, which is Sunday. But it's our pattern to set aside one day of giving it to God. But some of you, just like people on a, a dairy farm, I, we used to have several that were near us, you don't skip a day. <laughs> Them cows going to blow up. <laughs> and uh, so they'll lose everything, all right? And so some of you have to work on a Sunday. That's true, God, but it, that's not the point. The point was, matter of fact, Jesus said it this way and another way. Was Sabbath made for man or for you to rest and give it to God or was the man made for the Sabbath? In other words, were you supposed to worship a day of the week? And that's what had happened. So this man here was angry at Jesus for the wrong reason. Matter of fact, it says in verse one, the one that in just in my Bible, right across the page in Luke fourteen one, it says that they're watching him. So basically, this and and it's so true. It's so true that you know that you. Can, it's easy if you can look at Brother Michael's life, or I look at your life, and if you look, say, what well, what can I find wrong with Brother Michael's life? Did you know that you can find something wrong, and that's what they were looking for with Jesus' life, and I look to you, and so am I looking to you as a person that needs the Lord, that needs to grow in the Lord? Maybe you're here this morning and you're not saved. If you were to die today, where would you go? Where would you spend eternity? Do you know Jesus as your Savior So, we look for problems instead of seeing people. The second one says, when we see the burden over the blessings. Well, I don't know about doing that. How much is it going to cost? Matthew 26, 6. Just back up a few pages. And... um, they had uh, this is right before Jesus is going to be arrested later on and to be crucified and right he 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 spends his last moments now he they don't know it but he knows it with his closest friends Mary Martha Lazarus who he raised from the dead after being in the grave for 4 days he's spending his last moments with his some of his closest friends of course, the disciples are there. Many of them are around. Matter of fact, if you read this in another gospel, we know who says this. In uh, Matthew 26, verse 6, When Jesus was in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of precious ointment. John's gospel tells us some of the more names. And... uh and she had this alabaster box of precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. And when his disciples saw it, they, they had indignation saying, To what purpose is this waste? So it says here, Disciples, and we find out the person who led the charge was Judas. And basically, this woman was choosing to work. And matter of fact, guess what? Jesus brags on her. This ointment might have been sold and given to the poor, Jesus understood it and said, Why trouble you, the woman? She hath wrought a good work upon me. For you have the poor always with you, but me you have not always. For in that she poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verily, I say unto you, Wherever so this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for memorial for her. Many times... uh, you know, things cost money. And a lot of times it's, uh, people have a strong opinion about money. Some want to hold it. Some want to spend it. Some want to give it away. So on and so forth. A lot of opinions about money. This is very expensive, but basically. If it glorifies God and uplifts our Savior Jesus Christ, it is worth every penny. Period. And whether we give a little or give a lot, it's is for his honor and glory. Matter of fact, you say, Well, I'm supposed to give ten percent because ten percent belongs to the Lord. Actually, everything you have belongs to him. We just get and, and if you look at your your tithe, and if you're not tithing, just pray about tithing. I know what God'll lead you to do, so that that's my tithing message, but it's all his, and I'm supposed to worship with that. I'm supposed to worship with him. Moving on to the next point, and so you see a burden over the blessings, and next we see when we see sin instead of sinner, most of us are guilty of this one, and uh as they looked at this back in our text. Notice this very closely. I'm in Luke 14. Back in that second text. Notice this. This is real easy. We saw the first one. I set it up for you. That was a ruler of the synagogue. Basically, the preacher of a Jewish church. Now this here, he's in the house of a chief Pharisee. So he, he hung around everybody. And, uh, there was a certain man which had this, uh, dropsy. Okay, he was uh, he wasn't well, and Jesus answering spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, and notice this: number one, does Jesus know they're watching him? Yeah, <laughs> he's not a he's not nonobservant, and he says, "Is it lawful to heal on?" Sa-? They kn- he knew what they were thinking. Is it okay to do this? And they held their peace, and he took him, and he healed him, let him go. And he said, Which of you, having an ass or an ox, falleth into a pit, doth not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? And they could not answer him these things. Basically this, in looking at that story, do we want to be like Jesus? Number one, all of us are like the woman bowed and the man that was sick. All of us need Jesus spiritually to help heal us. And that's whenever you got saved. Lord, I need you. I have this problem called sin. And did you know you can't help yourself on your sin problem? You can try to break all your bad habits. I need Jesus to take care of the sin problem that I have. Alright? And so they weren't paying attention to the people they were just paying attention to the problem. They weren't seeing, they were looking at the sin that Jesus was doing instead of the sinner that got healed. Well, lastly, and the last point, when we worry instead of worship, you know, many times we worry. We can, I listed one worry there, and we worry about what people think instead of what God thinks. In Mark chapter 5. And there's a bunch of worries. You could be worrying, and worry will always prevent you from worshiping. Worry will cause you to do things you shouldn't do. Worry will hinder your relationship with God. Worry will cause you to be critical of others. Worry will cause you to literally get sick. Worry is a sign that there's no faith. And we've all. I've worried. Matter of fact, the older I get, the more I worry, and I. Constantly fight it. I constantly fight it. In Mark chapter 5, verse 22. One that didn't worry. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And uh, he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come And lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Wait a second. Didn't it just say this fellow's a a ruler of the synagogue? It did. He didn't act like that other one. He wasn't afraid of Jesus. Matter of fact, he's looking at Jesus. And think about it, whenever you reach the point, now this is where I want to be. I don't want to be like that other fellow in Luke 13. He's unnamed. This fellow is named in the Scripture. I want to be like him. Basically this, being a ruler of the synagogue of a Jewish church, and you're asking the rabbi who is the enemy of all Jewish leaders and Jewish... The people, the Pharisees don't like him. The Sadducees don't like him. The scribes don't like him. The rulers of the synagogues don't like him. And... Basically this, this fellow is taking his job into his hands, his reputation. He says, I don't care what my friends or my family says because my daughter is about to die. I would do anything in the world to help my daughters, to help my son, to help my wife. You know, we often say this. You know, people do something to us. That's fine, but when something happens to your kids, it's not fine anymore. And I think about sometimes even even my my own children, especially being in the ministry, they they live in a glass bubble. And they are, they know, and hopefully, hopefully, prayerfully, I've had, I've had people attack my kids because of something I did. I've had people attack my kids because of my way maybe I've guided them. Because they live in a glass house and a glass bubble. It doesn't happen that often. But I look at Jairus. And he said, my my daughter is sick and I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care what it is. And basically, folks, when you stop... But here's what happened to Jairus. He he took off the glasses of legalism. He took off the glasses of worrying about what people think. He took off the glasses of saying, it doesn't matter what the world says or what the world thinks, my daughter... Is sick and there's only one person I know who can help. And his name is Jesus. And I'm gonna go to him and I'm gonna beg him, would you please come and take care of my daughter? And if you read the rest of the story, some of you know it. But it's an awesome story because I love it because they're on their way to the house and it's that famous story whenever, even on the way there's a woman who touches the hem of his garment and gets healed. And he's, and then another one comes and says, Don't trouble him anymore, because your daughter passed away a few minutes ago. And immediately Jesus says, "Stop right there, Jairus. Don't stop believing." And I imagine that broken-hearted father just said, "Come on, come on. I don't. I don't want to hear any news. I want Jesus to come to my house." And shouldn't that be our prayer? I want Jesus to come speak to my children, to heal my children, to touch my children more than anything when you when you and I both me too, whenever I stop looking at people and say, Jesus, it doesn't matter about what the world says. I want you as number one in my home and my family. Would you come into my house? And Jesus put out those who were just there for the show. He took mom and dad in there. And he took the inner three, the Peter, James, and John. And he went in there and he said, Talitha cumi,"e in Aramaic maid, young lady. It's time to get up. Can you imagine the rejoicing that took place? The rejoicing that took place. Which one in this story are we? As we prepare for a hymn of invitation, is there? a prayer that you're too afraid to pray this morning can you say without any hesitation lord take my life and use it would you would you say well lord take my life but don't only if it involves little cost and little sacrifice Lord, take my life, take my family, take, take me, use me, I'm yours. As long as I don't have to move anywhere. I don't really move anywhere. You see, most of us pray with reservations. We pray with something held back. As long as it's not too uncomfortable, Lord, take my life and use it. Father, as we bow before you, may your will be done. May us may we not get short sighted and not see people as sinners in need of a Savior. That we not get caught up in seeing problems and seeing burdens instead of blessings. What you can do through us. May we be used of you. May we not be like the Pharisees or the scribes or the rulers and just looking at what we thought Jesus did wrong. May we honor and glorify you with everything we do. In Jesus' name, amen.